Hello and welcome everyone to Calvary Conversations this week. I am your host, Joshua Paxton, director of the Burnham Center for Global Engagement here at Calvary University. And with me today is Dr. David Wilson. He doesn't like being called doctor, but I'm going to call him that anyway. Uh, and he has been serving the local church as a mission pastor since 1996. He lives right here in Kansas City, Missouri, and serves as the director of church engagement for Avant Ministries. He has written three books, Transforming Missionaries, A Short-Term Mission Guide, Mind the Gaps, which I have right here, Engaging the Church in Missionary Care, and Pipeline, which I also have right here, uh, because I'm using it in my dissertation. Uh, engaging the church in missionary mobilization. And so David is very much passionate about missionaries, the local church mobilization, and making sure local churches are taking care of their missionaries. So welcome, David. Great to have you with us today. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. And I just love to be able to talk about the church for a little bit. So excellent. So, um, well, specifically, I mean, you've you've written two books here about how churches can mobilize their own members, how they can be sending churches, and then how they can be caring for their missionaries while they're on the field. And so, let's start just by asking, what does it mean for a church to be a sending church? Yeah, the sending church is a—it's kind of a recent term. Uh, back in the old days, it, it was just called the church. <laughs> you know, the the sending part we had to put on just True. to kind of distinguish a church that actually sends missionaries, sends its own people to do things uh, for the Great Commission. I don't know why we've had to add that moniker onto it, but mm -hmm. uh, the sending part is uh, a more recent thing. Um, you know, when Jesus left us and he ascended into heaven and he was leaving earth physically, he gave us the Great Commission, you know, five different times in five different places, actually spoke to his followers and said, this is what I expect you to be doing. You know, I'm, I'm coming back. From this. And it was the Great Commission. And it was about preparing people, making them disciple makers who make disciples who make disciples and sending them into all parts of the world, even to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, basically what a sending church is. I, I, I still remember my, one of my favorite um, coaches from football was Vince Lombardi. And he oh, had yes. that famous locker room speech where he held up a football to his, you know, all-star, you know, Green Bay Packers team. Yep. And he actually held up a football to in front of all these seasoned guys and said, this is a football. Uh-huh. And, and I think that's what Jesus was trying to say. This is the church. This is what a church is supposed to be doing. And hopefully that's what we'll be doing now is saying, you know, this is the church. We prepare people, we disciple them, we send them out, and then we care for them while they're doing what God has called them to do. That's basically ascending church. Absolutely. Yes. Fantastic. Um, so, on that, you know, sending church, just normal church, what are some specific things that a church can be doing to mobilize its congregation and send them out to the to the mission field? Yeah, so in my role at Avant Ministries here, um, 
I'm director of church engagement. So every week I'm in a different church. I get to visit churches that are doing things well, and I get to th churches that want to do things well. And I really don't go into many churches that just don't care. You know, they, mm -hmm. they all want to uh, do something and they all want to be engaged. They all talk about the great commission. That's it's a, it's a thing that they ponder on, consider, but, um, absolutely. I think it, it has to be something that is intentional and proactive. Those are the two words that I keep pounding on. If whenever the, you know, I walk into a church, I ask them, what are you doing that's intentional? And mm -hmm. what are you doing that's uh, proactive? Not just sitting back and waiting for somebody to say, I think God's calling me to be a missionary. Or you know, they're, they're not surprised when people sure. do pop up and say that. They're actually physically engaged in disciple making and they're physically engaged in uh, making people aware of the needs around the world. So probably the number one thing is it's got to be heard from the pulpit. It's got to be heard from the uh, from the stage, whether it's the pastor or if the pastor allows the missions pastor or the missions committee leader or a missions person to get up on a fairly regular basis. It's got to be heard from the stage, from the pulpit. Another thing, um, so that that's like, you know, proclaiming the biblical basis of mission from, from the pulpit. Second Absolutely. thing I, I see churches do is um, they actually invite missionaries, even though they may, there's some churches that don't support missionaries that want to, but they, they just don't. And they invite missionaries from Avant Ministries, there's other uh, organizations here in the Kansas City area. They they invite missionaries just to speak and and to be normal people, to visit with uh, the the young adults, to visit with the uh, children's ministry. They actually work with them um, to get them to tell their story so that missions becomes normal. It becomes a normal part of uh, the process of the church. Uh, when I do my research on missionaries that come through, I always ask them, you know, what what's something that's common? Uh, what's something that happened in your life when you accepted God's call to missions? There's three things that pop up. One, the number one thing is that they actually had a personal relationship, a real live missionary. Somebody had been on the field. They actually knew that person. So they made them relevant. So yeah. getting a missionary to come to your church just to hang out with young people and people that you're trying to disciple and mentor, that that would be the biggest, the number one thing that you could do. And then there, there needs to be a deeper study. There needs to be a, a the third thing would be a, a deeper, like a perspectives course, which is always being offered all around here. Uh, courses at the local uh, colleges, universities, seminaries, take missions uh, to a, take them to a place where they're actively doing missions work, do like a campus tour of an agency, but but actually get them out of the walls of the church and doing something that's um, pushing them and pulling them in the right direction. Yeah, 
So just, you know, information and making people aware of what of what is going on. So excellent. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree. I know um, for for me, a key factor in wanting to go into missions was when I came to Calvary and we're getting inundated with visits from all these missionaries who are on the field and, uh, you know, they're telling stories and everything. And that was a that was a big influence on my life and why yeah. I wanted to go into missions. So. So, so sending churches that are doing well in, in mobilizing and caring for their missionaries, what are they doing well? What are some specific things that they're just, they're really doing this well, and it, it shows in how they're caring for their missionaries on the field. It shows in, you know, the missionaries that they've been able to send out. Uh, they practice. That's <laughs> there. There's a thing that we're working on for the Lausanne conference. It's called the best practices in sending churches, best practices in missionary uh, care in, in a church. And uh, I think the number one word that pops out is they practice it. They actually they actually do, do it. it. Yeah. Um, one of the churches that I just visited, it was up in Ames, Iowa, actually, and they are doing such a great job because they they. They have a practice. They actually do something that's um, that's care taking for, taking it from caring about missionaries to caring for missionaries. Mm -hmm. So the missionary care aspect is is an intentional and proactive thing as well. They actually uh, have a team that prays that um, sends the care packages. They and they do all the the communication with the missionary that's on the field. But they practice missionary care. I I thought about the um, you know I always tell the joke about my doctor. You know he's still practicing medicine. I wish he would get to a point where he could actually do it. You know <laughs> real time. <laughs> yes. You know, but yeah, practicing medicine is it, it comes from that old term where you're actually engaged in the activity, and you know lawyers practice law, doctors practice medicine, and I think churches should be practicing the care of their people that they're sending out so it's a it's practice 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 and it's and it's not perfect um, sometimes they get things wrong sometimes they need help uh, so, so another best practice is to know what their limitations are and to be able to be in partnership with the the mission agency that they uh, partner with uh, to be in partnership with um, a marriage and family therapist, you know, somebody that can help um, those young couples with children and all when they're on the field, you know, maybe do that intentionally, proactively instead of waiting for it to happen, but get somebody on your list to say, hey, if we have somebody in uh, Uzbekistan that needs some care. Would you mind doing some uh, Skype visits with them or whatever? And there's, there's just some um, things that you can be thinking about ahead of time and practicing it and rehearsing it and thinking through maybe anticipating what is going to happen. You know that they're going to go through seasons of trials with uh, language learning, with cultural acquisition. Maybe have some people um, lined up. You know the kids are going to struggle with school. You know the, um, the, the mission field is hard, but you know when the kids are having troubles learning, that makes it even more difficult. So just being a very thoughtful and practicing uh, congregation is is what I'm seeing churches do very well. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I, yeah, I like how you kind of summed it up in those two words, you know, initiative being being proactive or intentional, just being intentional, not taking it, not just sitting back and, and taking these things for granted, but having having a plan, having a having a missions policy, for example. Yeah. You know, yep. having having a clear written out document that this is our missions policy and this is how we will handle our missionary care and everything. So uh, so you mentioned like you just you were just talking about some different seasons in in the missionary's life. So uh, missionary care, you know, there's there's an aspect of care that is while they're preparing to go to the field and then while they're on the field and maybe they've come back from the field. And so um to start with, uh, before they're going, you know, before they're getting ready to leave, getting ready to go to the field, how can the local church be caring for its missionaries? What are some practical things they can do as the missionaries are preparing to go? Yeah, so my my role um, right now, I'm in a church engagement guy at, at an agency, at a mission agency. But before this, for more than 20 years, I served in the in a role as a missions pastor at a local mm-hmm. church. And probably the best part of sending missionaries was that first part, because you're actually with the person, you're you're able to interact with them, you're able to share some of their uh, joys and share some of their anxieties, and you're, you're able to spend time with them. And so what we would do uh, ahead of time is we actually built a team around them before we uh, mobilized them. So they're still within our church. They're still active in a small group. They're still, their kids are still in the children's ministry. We actually got um, recruited people that are specific for them. That was, you know, they were caregivers, people, not just, you know, uh, not just normal everyday people, but people who have that spiritual gift of mercy, you know, that's a way, that's one of those times that you can actually use spiritual gifts uh, assessments and really find the people that would fit well with a missionary care team. So building a missionary care team that's specifically for that person that takes into consideration who their kids are, what their kids are, uh, ages and all that kind of stuff, uh, the stage in life of the parents. And uh, if they're going off to do business as mission somewhere, you know, maybe get a couple business guys that actually are entrepreneurial and know how to do uh, startups. And, you know, they may be able to fill in a gap of, that's why we call the book Mind the Gaps. Uh, try to find those gaps in care. There you go. Uh, finding, look, just looking around the missionary couple and finding out what gaps are, are in existence. That's when you can uh, have that team interact directly with the mission agency and get to know those people because at some point they're going to have to uh talk about, you know, the hard things and, you know, worst case scenarios and doing contingency planning and, you know, setting up, okay, if this were to happen, then we do this. If this were to happen, then we do that. So you just set up this whole contingency plan and it makes it a lot more than just, hey, we want to pray with you or, hey, we want to have a a dessert and hear about the people group that you're going to. But it's actually, okay, we're going to hear about the people group, but now we're going to strategize as a church to be yeah. behind you fully and completely as a sender. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so then, you know, missionaries have left. Uh, you know, we those of us familiar with with missions, we know there's kind of this out of sight, out of mind syndrome. Yeah. Uh, and so, which is ironic because. 
they're supposed to be out of sight. They're off doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? That's right. And so now they're on the field. How can the church continue to be, you know, proactive, intentional, and in how they're caring for them while they're gone, doing what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah, so one of the hardest parts of being a missions pastor at a church is when you need to reduce the number of missionaries on your on your uh, sending because <clears throat> you can't give a, a high level of care to a large number. I, I know some churches mm -hmm. that have hundreds of people that they give maybe $50 a month to. I mean, it's a it, it's more of a show because they have a large number of missionaries that they support, but it's a very low uh, threshold of actual support that they get. They might support each one for $20 a month or something like that. That's, yeah. that's a question I actually ask my students in introduction to missions is should a church build its strategy around a lot of missionaries with a little support or a few missionaries with a lot of support? And it really helps if there is one church. They, I mean, they, if they get $20 from 20 different churches, that's fine, but they need to have that one church that actually is going to have a support system in place and that's what i talk about is that that one sending church that actually has a really well-developed support system in place for their sent one and so while they're on the field you have it you have that team already in place the people that are going to be praying for and i you know i, I kind of infused a little bit of my uh, problematic part of my personality i actually have to have tell my wife i love her in my calendar you know, I, because if not, it'll go for months and years without saying it. So I actually have to put it in my calendar so that I remember to tell her that I love her. So I infused into the missionary care team. However you do it, at least you do it. Absolutely. I, I put into the missionary care team, put on your calendar that you're going to make contact with this missionary on a weekly basis, yeah. monthly basis, whatever it is. But yeah. And somebody has to take that responsibility and then somebody has to be following up and making sure that it's getting done. Um, ha having a you know list of questions uh, to ask them on a regular basis, you know, how are you doing? And just just kind of check in and make sure that they're they're doing OK, they're feeling OK. The um, some of the other things that we enjoy doing as as a church is sending packages, of course, for their special mm -hmm. um, birthdays and anniversaries those are those are nice things to do you yeah. you actually need to have uh, a planned visit on a very regular basis and this isn't taking 50 teenagers on a short-term mission trip to <laughs> do a project or build a building this that's more work for the missionary that that's not missionary care that's missionary hostile you know that's that's <laughs> not a that's not a missionary care plan a plan would be to send maybe two or three people, um, have them uh, take care of their own accommodations, you know, stay in a hotel or stay in a, um, a residence or something that's not going to cause more work for the missionaries to be on. Um, just have some specific debriefing times. There are so many resources for debriefing that you can uh, get from the website, from uh, download from the internet, just to help in your conversation, to help pull out some what's going on in your life, what's the deeper things that are going on. And, um, <clears throat> you know, plan some times in the evenings to um, take care of the kids so that the the parents can go out on a date. You know, how many times missionaries, they don't have a, a trusted person yet on the field where they can just leave their kids so that they can go out and have, you know, a date night as a couple. Yeah. Those are some very meaningful uh, times that 
that we scheduled and we actually paid for. And for those who um, are singles uh, on the mission field, you know, when there's a single person on the mission field, uh, we even plan to meet them at a resort, you know, a, a place off uh, the beaten path. Maybe they said, you know, I, I've been here for two or three years. We keep hearing about this place down in another part of the country and everybody really enjoys it, but I don't have anybody to go to. You know, I'm a single, so uh, maybe find them to meet there. So there's a there's just a lot of things that you can do, but it does cost money. So you have to put money into the budget uh, yes. for intentional and proactive missionary care. Yeah, absolutely. And so then the third piece. Uh, so afterwards, let's and let's think of this not as not as afterwards like they're on furlough, but afterwards they're you know, their missionary service has ended. They're coming home for whatever reason. You know, what are some things the church can be intentional about doing to care for these people? One of the one of the greatest things that um, I enjoy about being here at a mission agency is when a church comes and joins their missionary that's returned from the field uh, and, and joins them in their debriefing. They don't sit through all of their uh, debriefings and you know their conversations, but they sit through some of the main ones where they're actually able to process, okay, this is what we went through. These are some of the hardships. These are the people that we left behind that were really grieving. Uh, the you know the fact that yeah. they're they're going to need some help uh, that we can't provide them anymore, um, and that's that that's just a really common thing uh, for a lot of the really really good sending churches is to be here with them uh, to spend time with them. Uh, mm -hmm. There's always there's always the little things that matter uh, so much. Uh, you know when they first come back to the U.S. They may not have a car to use. They may not have a place to stay. So yeah. maybe partner with um, there's some churches have missionary housing, you know, and there's other uh, churches that that don't have it. So maybe partner with the church that does have it. I know some uh, churches that are getting together in Houston and they're they've got this retreat center and they're going to, you know, make that a missionary care center. So find places like that that are actually um good landing places for the missionaries as they return and maybe have some cars uh, available that you can loan them out even a you know a cell phone uh maybe a, a burner cell phone yeah. that they can use temporarily until they get their own uh, service uh groceries is always helpful you know gift card to a grocery store maybe some um gift cards like that uh spending time with them is one thing it can become a bother so make sure it's the right people that are spending time with them because if they keep getting asked the same question over and yes. over and over again it's just it's painful but if you have that one very special caregiving merciful person that can spend large amounts of time with them that that's very helpful especially if they have some skills like it's great debriefing skills and um, and, and therapy skills mm, that's great so so now, David, one final one final thing. We've got about three minutes left. And so you have served on the church side as a missions pastor. You're now serving on the agency side and in church relations for the agency. And so, you know, being in both of these camps obviously gives you a unique perspective from both both pieces. And and it's come up a couple times now. You've mentioned the word partnering. And so what is the role of the church in partnering with the mission agency? 
Uh, or maybe the opposite too. What's the agency's role yeah. in two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so they're at, knowing your roles is the most important thing. There's um, there's some things that the church can do that the agency can't do. It's that maturing of an individual. You know, have, being a a church that makes disciples, you know, really infusing something like that into uh, a young person's heart and mind needs to happen when they're a lot younger, before they get to the agency, before they actually write down on the application on call to be a missionary. Yes. They need to have those discipleship skills. They need to have some um, uh, some mentoring uh, that goes on at an agency. We won't we won't necessarily be able to do that as fruitfully as a church can. Now an agency comes along and we're very gifted at, you know, helping them learn language and do the cultural acquisition. Avant Ministries is a church planting organization. So we have a very specific strategy for doing church planting and it's, and it's works that we have a great track record. So we can actually work with a person in those kind of skills, uh, but the church is needed for personal skills. Those uh, how to relate to people, how to become, you know, uh, involved in your community and yeah. learn, you know, missiological type things uh, that are uh, that are helpful for when they enter any kind of mission. Hmm. Yeah, good. Uh, well, David, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for taking some time to join me and and share with uh, our constituency out there. I'm sure there's probably some some pastors or maybe some local church missions directors who have been listening to this and are saying to themselves, hey, I really want to talk to this guy. So if that's the case, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can go to our website, avantministries.org and uh, uh, avantministries.org and you click on the tab that says churches and my big face is going to be right there um, my my email is david.wilson at avmi.org that's av as avant and mi is ministry.org and then i'll give you my phone number and it's my mobile number it is 909 don't spam him too much do what don't spam him too much <laughs> 909 894-9040. And if you call between the hours of 10 o'clock at night and six o'clock in the morning, you're going to go to voicemail. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well, and I tell people, I always tell people, um, I, I give students my cell phone number, but I tell them text me first because I do not answer numbers I don't recognize. So. That's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Well, David, thank you again. Um, that beeping you may have heard was my timer going off. And so we are we are out of time for today. So thank you for being with us and thank you, everybody. And um, we'll uh, see you next week for the next episode of Calvary Conversations. So God bless everybody. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation. <laughs>